Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to save 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Merry Clinchmas, Lisa. Can you believe it? We're here on a Tuesday. Why are we here on a Tuesday? Well... If you listen to Oilers Nation Radio on Friday, we discussed an emergency podcast the minute the Oilers clinched a playoff spot. Well, last night, they did that. Unfortunately, the minute, the minute. we were, uh, some of us were in bed. So we were unable to <laughs> no. do it. <laughs> I stayed up for like 25 minutes after the game ended and I was tweeting around and all that and no one really said anything in our chat and I was like ah we'll just do it tomorrow like I don't want to wait up until like midnight and ah, like, come on so I went to bed fuck I like the 20 minute mark as like the, yep, the defining number Bag <laughs> Milk's got to do a B cast and if it's not now not never alright We'll get into why we're talking on a Tuesday in a second. But first, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford. Go ahead and check them out on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. All your vehicle needs, new vehicle, new whip, service, whatever you need, head on out to Sherwood Park. Go see our friends at Sherwood Ford. All right, let's jump into this. I, in my hand, have a nation beer. And if you've got a drink, gentlemen, crack them open. Yesterday during the cast. So if you don't know... This year, I didn't want to do BCAS. I had no interest in doing it. And then on the Real Life Podcast, we had a conversation about, well, why don't you try to do it for good? Why don't you try to raise some money for the Edmonton Food Bank? So I set a goal for the year of raising 1000 bucks, And we hit that very quickly. So the season started in January. I'd say by February, we had about $1,000 raised for the Edmonton Food Bank. I'm very, very excited about it. And it kind of tapered off from there. But last night, a friend of the nation, Whiskey Woman, she donated 50 bucks to the Edmonton food bank to get me to eat canned snails from the dollar store. So I went and I got them. However, Did you fry last... them? Did you fry them? Well, thankfully they're still in the can. Cause last night the Edmonton Oilers won. Oh, yeah, they fair. clinched their playoff spot. So I was having myself a beer. Now 
that's where the clinch miss emergency podcast came up in the comments. People were like, when are you guys doing the emergency podcast? When are you guys doing the emergency podcast? And I was kind of like, Oh shit, I forgot what we were supposed to do in emergency. Oh, Tyler's in bed. When Tyler wakes up, up, (laughs) we wrapped up the B cast. I sent a text message to the boys. Dan was in Rick was in Tyler was nowhere to be found. Fast asleep. In bed. Well, and in Tyler's defense, we did have a conversation about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast about talking about late start times versus early start times. And Tyler was all about them early start times. So <laughs> we get it. You know what? Clinchmas fell on an 8 p.m. start. There's nothing Tyler can do about it. You know, back to back 8 p.m. starts too. Like, how are you going to deal with this? This is a rough week for Tyler. Let's speed so- this up so I can take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> So Shauna McDonald at Angelique XTC, she slides into the DMs and she says, Hey, have a drink on the Clinchmas podcast tomorrow. Here's a donation. So she sent me a screenshot, $200 donated to the Edmonton food bank last night, just so that we would have a cocktail on today's podcast. So we are dedicating today's show to Shauna McDonald. Thank you very much for a generous donation to the Edmonton food bank. That means a lot to them. They stretch out the money. They make that go a long way. So thank you very much to everybody who's supporting. And Shauna, thank you for the $200 donation to the food bank last night. Here, here. Now let's talk. Cheers. Let's talk clinch miss. Only twice in the last 15 years have we been able to celebrate clinch miss as Oilers fans. Now, last year we were robbed of the opportunity. A fucking pandemic rolled in. No one saw it coming. Clinchmas was ruined. Now, I'm still counting it as a playoff run because the mm-hmm. bubble, I'm still counting. You know what? If I look up playoff points last year, McDavid's there because he was in the bubble. I'm counting it. Now, it doesn't matter. Yesterday, Clinchmas officially, officially, officially last night, Oilers with a 4-3, 5-3 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. Big time, big day. Tyler? The vibes were good on social media last night. Oilers fans were excited. Let's talk about it. Let's talk a little quick. Yeah. What was your first thoughts? Yeah. I, I, at first, like if you would have told me 10 days ago, like, ah, oh, will you be excited when they clinch? I probably would have been like, ah, no, like it's been a foregone conclusion for long enough that like, I didn't think it would be that special, but no, it is like when you get that X next to your name, especially when you're a fan base that, that hasn't had that very much, it's still special. It was nice to see everyone sending out the tweets and, the Oilers social media team had some fun with it as well. Like all that stuff. It's, it's a fun night. We don't get a lot of, we don't get a lot of situations to celebrate team success here in Edmonton. So it was just kind of fun all around. And you know what? It was also fun. You're talking about tweets going out and everybody being excited. I loved seeing everybody put the X in their yeah. Twitter handles or their Twitter display names. I loved that. In fact, Rick is so excited about clinchmas that he just <laughs> dipped. He dipped out of the podcast entirely. Dan, Good vibes last night on social. What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, the X thing, that started for Oilers fans, obviously, in 2017, the last time we did this. And everybody was real excited to do it back then. And and I think people were even more excited this time. Because as you mentioned before, we were eliminated from playoff contention after challenging for the Pacific Division title by the 23rd overall team last year. robbed of our Robbed of our playoff hopes, our playoff dreams. And, you know, even though this year we're not going to be able to be in the building, um, it's still, I think it still makes it that much more special for us as Oilers fans uh, than it is for any other team that's clinched this year so far and any other team that will clinch. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to be a part of this fandom and, and this group of 
of, uh, you know, crazy sickos that stick around with this team through thick and thin. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, cheers to Shauna for uh, allowing us to have a drink while we're celebrating here and, and I'm around the boys and I'm happy to be here. Rick, again, a lot of great vibes last night. Oilers clinched, big game. Connor was electric. What were your thoughts last night on clinchmas? I'm just glad they got it done all all on the uh, the first try. I didn't want to see this linger out over a game or yep. two. That's a good point, um, actually. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, just one time. I mean, we've, we've done it before, you know. Even though it comes down to, like, empty net things. You have an opportunity to clinch something, you know, the, the last uh, nail in the coffin. And, and we have issues with that sometimes. So it was nice to get it done in one try. Um, what Connor's doing out there is absolutely ridiculous. Over an 80, like, it's 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 insane. Like even five days ago, I said, there's no, he's not getting to a hundred. Like it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't reasonable, but he's putting up, you know, <laughs> Gretzky esque numbers. He has seven points in the last two games. Like it's, it's insane. It's I really hope everyone's sitting back and enjoying what they're watching because this really is something that we may never see again. So, but we actually got to watch it for a couple more years and uh, hopefully another eight after that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's been amazing. It's fun. Um, but the fun only begins in about two and a half weeks. So enjoy this now because the uh, what happens in at the beginning of game one, that's something special. It's about to get stressful. I, it's about oh, buddy, to get you have no really idea. stressful. You have no idea. The thing that I was really excited about last night, and to be honest, I didn't really even think about what Rick said, where it was the first chance to clinch and they did it. So it was just out of the way. Is that my mind instantly went to Connor last night. And right from the moment that the puck dropped, he didn't, he looked like there was no other option, but to win the game. He looked like whether it was him doing it by himself or distributing as he did, or with Leon by his side, it seemed like this was going to get done. And he was going to single-handedly fucking drag that team forward if he had to. And I too didn't expect Connor to hit hundred points. I don't remember what we said. It was like a week ago on the podcast. Where we were talking about the math. He had like 19 points to get in a handful ten, of games or something in, like in, ten, in 10 games. And I was so like, it, there's no way he's getting 10. It's going to be like eight and he's still going to do it. It's, this is nuts. So we might as well just jump in and talk about it because what Connor McDavid's doing right now is as impressive to me as when you go to skip the dishes.ca <laughs> and you buy a hundred dollars worth of Chinese food and it actually lasts you through the weekend as it was intended to do. I did that last weekend. I was very happy with myself. The rationing was good. The portions were good. Skip the dishes, made sure I was fed. My delivery driver was excellent. We waved at each other through the window and he left. It was fantastic. Skip the dishes.ca. Go get yourself something to eat. It is a Tuesday. It is a game day. Get yourself fed, feed the temple back to Conor McDavid. What he's doing is ridiculous. He's just a freak right now. And I don't know about the math on this, but he's on pace for like 150 points over a full season. That's the best in 25 years. So I'll just start with Dan. What are you seeing from Connor? Because you were the high watermark on our preseason predictions and you're going to be the closest to getting it. I, it's funny to me. So now every time Connor gets a point, Dan quote tweets the predictions from before the season. And I keep getting a look at me saying 81 points. And I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, how the fuck did I come up with 81 points? Like, I have no idea. All I did was I used his points per game number from last year and applied it to 56 games. Seems like a reasonable bet. No. 
Yeah. Well, and that's where, so where I differed and, and, you know, I love you guys all to death. It's, it's all in jest, but F you guys. No, I'm just joking. No, (laughs) it it was uh, when, when I said it, when I said 99 points, I felt like I was a little crazy, but I also believed that this season was going to be offense heavy. I, I just, you feel like when you play the same teams nine and 10 times, the offense was just going to be there. And the North division certainly hasn't disappointed when it comes to that offense. And this Oiler team hasn't, hasn't disappointed when it comes to that offense. But on top of that, I mentioned, uh, you know, the fact that that was the longest off season Connor McDavid's had since he was like eight years old. Like he's always been playing hockey. He's always been even just rehabbing injuries. He's still, you know, he's still working on, on it to, to get back. So, so for me with Connor, and then we also mentioned the fact, and it maybe hasn't necessarily been the case is that uh dry was going to draw a little bit more attention from the, the other team's defensive marking. Um, and that, like I said, hasn't necessarily been the case, but there was a lot of factors that went into it that I felt like it was going to be a monstrous season. You all laughed at me and it was fair People asked me what I was smoking, which was fair. Well, I'm going to get to that, Dan, because some of the feedback, like, so I've got the tweet up now. So once you guys, everybody runs through, we're going to call out some people. (laughs) And I love it. Call out some people. That's what it's all about. I've made some stupid comments on this podcast, more than my fair share of stupid comments. I'm super happy to be right about this one. And at the end of the day, you guys, as wrong as you were, I know you guys are happy to be wrong because it's, it's been something special to watch. Rick, you've been around a long time. You've watched a lot of shitty Oilers teams, just like I have. Now we're watching a guy who is a human highlight reel do things that are just mind-blowing every single time he's out there. Break Connor down for us. You know what? This is going to sound probably like something he would say, but you have to give a lot of the credit to the people around him now. They are starting to spread. Like you cannot just key in on Connor now. You've got, you know, Pooley on that line. You've got whoever the left winger is right now, Cahoon. You've got another line that's, you know, playing very well underneath them. You've got a set of defensemen out there that are all very good at moving the puck and able to get A to B to C a lot easier. And you've got a goal, you've got two goaltenders who are keeping the puck out of the net and making sure that next one doesn't go in the net and bring the whole team down, whether it be Con- you know, just everybody. Everybody's working together right now and Connor obviously is on his own trajectory. He's on his own planet. He's doing his own thing. But we know they can do it by themselves. The more help they have, the better they're going to look and the more success you're going to get out of your whole team. So the fact that everybody else right now is, uh, is, is swimming along beside him is making him even stronger. Tyler, Connor McDavid is an absolute freak of nature. Yeah. It's, how, uh... how, do you, how do you describe what he's doing? Well, it's historic. It's the McDavid magic. It's all of that stuff. Like, you know me, I'm always big on like enjoying watching what he does because like you guys said, you know, we're probably not going to see this very many times in our lives. Like having a player do this, never mind having a player do this on the Edmonton Oilers. Like it'd be one thing if he was like playing for the fucking Arizona Coyotes and was ripping up the NHL, but like we get to watch him and cheer for him every single game. It's unbelievable. And we're, we're finally going to get to go to the postseason. Hopefully, you know, we're going to look back on this regular season fondly, but hopefully we look back on the playoff run as like a, a really big monumental moment for this, what we hope to be some sort of McDavid dynasty here in Edmonton, where we have these years where it's repeated playoff success. And, and hopefully this is just one of those things that adds to the lore of Connor McDavid and like what his legacy will be, because this is an absolute historic season. And yeah, I think, I think that's all it is. It's just, it's just historic straight up. So 
this is now Connor's sixth year. Yes. So yeah. we've we've got a chance to see him now for a while. What I'm asking all of you guys now is what is he doing differently this season than maybe he was previously? Hmm. He's shooting the puck more. And that's like a statistical thing. Like he actually is ripping the puck more. And Rick, you talked about the players around him playing better and that making it more difficult to, to shut down McDavid when you all of a sudden have other pieces to worry about. But I also think another part of that is he's shooting the puck more and that's forcing teams to either yeah. a, if they're giving him the shot, he's showing he's now willing to take it, not force a pass and his shots good. So he's scoring more. Also, yep. if you want to try to take away the shot and put two guys on McDavid to defend him, well, his vision, his passing is so good that he's going to find whoever's open on the ice. And if it's dry side, he'll score. If it's Pooley Arvey, he's showing that he'll score as well. Barry, Nurse, like all these other players are producing. So it's the environment around him, but also McDavid has somehow found like another way to use that environment to his advantage. No, 100%. That guy has still gotten better on, on his own on his own scale. And yeah, everybody gets, can sit there and say, you know, you just look at you just look look at his numbers. I mean, they're they're out, they're out of this world. But you know, when you do have a whole whole line who can uh, who could forecheck like they were last night, that just gets the puck on Connor's stick more often in their own end. And in their own end, when Connor has the puck on his stick, I like our chances. Well, you know, as the guy that predicted that this was going to happen, I, I have to say, I think it's the maturity level of Connor McDavid, which is a weird thing to have to say about a guy that is been mature since the day he was born and and got a hockey stick in his hand but for me it's it's kind of all the things that you guys talked about but it's just the fact that he doesn't he doesn't feel like he has to do everything on this team but he also doesn't feel like he can't do everything on this team there's nights where that guy just goes out and he just puts the team on his back and flat out makes things happen. And then there's nights where, like you said, Rick, he uses the pieces that he's been given and, and have been installed by Ken Holland over his short tenure and made it something that he can work with. And so there's also an element of him speaking up and saying, you know what, that isn't enough on my right wing and I need somebody else there. And so you see Tippett sliding Nuge up into that spot when he needed him. You see Tippett sliding up Dreisaitl, even when all the experts say put Dreisaitl and Nuge and, and Yamamoto together. So I, I just think that there's a whole, there's a whole rounding out of his game, which again is a weird thing to say for a kid that blows us away every single season he plays hockey. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's like Tyler said, it, it, this is, these are the good old days that we're going to be looking back on in a couple of years, you know, hopefully not too, too short of years from now where years. we're going to, yeah, exactly. Where we're going to say, you know, I was alive and I was around when Connor McDavid was doing Connor McDavid things and setting benchmarks in the NHL. And that's what he's doing now. For me, and Tyler, I think you'll like this one. It's like Connor, Connor's willingness and ability to shoot is like adding another pitch into his arsenal. You know what I mean? He's not just a guy who's going to throw, throw straight heaters, which was, there was a lot of passing, always pass first, but even the goal last night on Holby, he just fucking ripped it and it found its way through. And that's a new element to his game that, man, am I excited to see him keep honing that because you know it's going to get better. You know he's going to get stronger at it. You know he's going to get uh, just more comfortable with the idea of just ripping it when he, when he wants. And I honestly don't think it's out of the question to see a Rocket Richard in, in Connor's future. I really don't. Well, if it wasn't for, and I know this will be met with groans from people who are, who are Oilers fans, but like if it wasn't for a 
also historic season from Austin Matthews. McDavid would have a, have a Rocket Richard this year, right? Well, sure. and the same could be said for Matthews with the Hart Trophy, right? Yeah, you know, no the, the big The big fire was lit yesterday on Twitter when a certain Leafs uh, expert masterclass troll uh, came out and said that mm-hmm. were it not for a few games that he didn't shoot the puck, Matthews <laughs> would be having the greatest season of all time, which again, you know, not a more wrong impressive statement. than Gretzky's 92 goal season for <laughs> an outrageous statement, nonetheless, but not wrong. And, and so, you know, it's, it sucks for Matthews to have, uh, to have McDavid ahead of him, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's absolutely historic. And I, and I think that, I think that we could be guilty as weather fans of kind of getting caught up in the fact that, you know, oh yeah, he's just getting a hundred points, but let's go to the playoffs. It's still something freaking amazing. And we need to really bask in it for these last six games. He is on pace for 50 goals this year. If this was an 82 game season, this is a 50 goal, whatever, 95 assist pace. It's just nuts, man. Like it's, it's the cherry on top of making the playoffs is being able to say, yeah, our team's having a great year. Also, McDavid's historic and that Leon Drysaddle guy's second in league scoring and like eight points ahead of third place still. It's well, and, so like that's that's something I want to mention because Connor McDavid, you could take away all fucking 20 points or whatever it is that he got against the Senators and he would still be leading the league in points. It's just he's ridiculous. You could take away all of his goals and he would still be top 10 in scoring and he's second in <laughs> goals. Like it's nuts. Well, and that's, Uh, and that's, that's kind of, that's the stuff that you hear with Wayne Gretzky all the time, right? That's the stuff where it's like, if you take away Wayne's goals, he's, he's still the leading point getter in the NHL. I'm getting excited. My hands are flailing around, but talking about a hundred assist season, which is what he's kind of, you know, touching on now that goes back to 1990 and a guy named Wayne Gretzky having 122 assists that year. I remember Joe Thornton got to 96. I'm just looking at the numbers here uh, in 2006. And I I remember being blown away by that number. And Joe had like, he must have had like 12 goals that year or something. I'm looking it up here. 29 goals. So not not a bad number of goals. But but yeah, for McDavid to be on a pace to have 50 goals and almost 100 assists, like, come on. How amazing is this? We are in a new era of hockey, and Connor McDavid is leading the way. He's a game genie. That's what he is. If you're you're old enough to know what a game genie is, that's what Connor is. I tweeted about a game genie today. Look it up. He could also be the Nintendo Power Glove of the NHL if you want to go even older. All right, so we've got the McCentry pursuit happening. We've got six games left. Connor needs nine points. I last said he wasn't going to get there, and I'm going to change my mind because he's a loser, or I'm a loser, I should say, and he's a freak. So, yes, he is getting there, Tyler. Yeah, like he's he'll get it, I think, by the second period of the second game against Montreal. Dan? All aboard the McCentury train here, folks. I think, honestly, the question is, how much higher can he go now? So we're yeah. talking, he's got 10 points left to go to get to the McCentury. How much higher does it go than that? What do you guys think? I think 102. Well, I yeah, just, I like, don't see him. What? He's not going to push it. Watch him get fucking 110 and just be like, I don't see what the problem was. Like, there's too many extra games in there where he'd have to like, go fucking balls to the wall. He'll he'll get like 103 or 104, and that's if he was like goes in with like 99 points. Because um, I think once he gets gets it through it, uh, there's going to be four games, you know, two games left or something like that. He's going to get to uh, put his feet up for a couple of minutes. All right, let's call some people out. Preseason point predictions for McDavid. Here's what we got: 
Dan had 99. Tyler had 94, so he may pass Tyler tonight. Uh, Rick had 85, already passed him. I was the low <laughs> one with 81, already passed me by a long shot. So let's look at what the comments were from December 11th of 2020. Reed Wilkins says, bag milk, no doubt about it. Robin Brownlee says, with the inside dope from Frank, it's bag milk in a cakewalk. So wrong and wrong. There's two longtime media members, very wrong. Cam Lewis put me down for 69 points for both. Nice. <laughs> Uh, S Fiddler says you and Rick's pick seems the most reasonable. I'm not sure what Tyler and Dan are smoking. <laughs> good stuff. That makes century smoke. Yeah. Surveyor Brett says Danalytic. I love it. Sparky. This one was just from a couple of weeks ago. Tyler's got, Tyler's got this one. Leon's got some work to do. And Marcel says, Rick, I think we'll end up the closest last year through 56 points. 56 games each. Dry had 89. McDavid had 84. I expect some sloppy hockey to start with high scores. So what the fuck happens next year? Yeah, what do we do next year? Like, what do we have to set? So like this year, for reference, sports books, because I had money on this, had the over-under for McDavid at 81 and a half. He has to jump like 30 points. Yeah, so like next season, do you set it at like 129? Is that too low? Well, there's, I mean, there's factors in the sense that like that's, you got to figure out what the divisions are like and what that is almost fifty point raise in one year for well, a okay, player. Well, because it was eighty and a half in a fifty six game season, so I'm thinking oh, fair, of like fair, fair, fair. Okay, right? wait, no, yeah, you got me. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, you got me. Okay, I think though, I think there's going to be a certain amount of uh, of removing him from the North Division that 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 division there in next year is going to suck ass, man. It's like the Kings. Oh, I know. Yeah, they got the fuck, don't get me wrong, but they're not playing cakewalk. those. But they're not playing those teams nine and ten times this year. Yeah, I guess like they were this but, year. So, I mean, between LA, San Jose, and Anaheim, you've got a large chunk of games between three teams that are going to. Ottawa's the o- Ottawa's the only real team we fucking feasted on. Well, if Connor Winnipeg, feasted on everybody, but but people well, like listen, to pick we're, on that we're, and we're, say we're, Ottawa. We're, we're going to talk about that. the name on the front of the jersey. We're the whole team. To, uh, we got through Ottawa, and then after that, Winnipeg was you know we we didn't. St- we're going to win by a large margin, but we didn't stomp and stomp any of those games. And the rest of them have been relatively close. Uh, Kevin says, I thought the numbers were way too high, but luckily I clicked on the picture and saw you bag milk. I'm with you. Puck stopper says Rick is right. Derek says Rick is right. Kyle Sorry, says David with 97. Book it. Uh, Jesse says the old bag of milk nailed it. <laughs> Connor McDevin says Dan the closest, but McDavid's going to hit a hundred. Uh, there we go. There you there go. There we go. So there was a lot of people that didn't think it was possible. And he is doing what nobody expected. He really is. Like, all jokes aside, I know Dan said 99 points in this prediction, but like, it could have been. It, he, he could have settled with funny. Like, he could have settled with like oh. 85, 90 points. And it would no, be no. Like, well, you know. See, I didn't say it to be funny though, and I want to like I got to get that out there because because but there had like, to be some there had no, to be some because I'm going with the homerish vote here. No. We're going to go on the high side, and See, 99 just, is obviously a number. 99, but 99 is not a, a number. It is it's a number. A specific, it's a specific number. 
Yeah, but I just, I, I truly do believe, and you can ask Graham, because Graham called me afterwards and was like, what are you doing? And I explained my logic <laughs> to him, and I do, I did truly believe that this division was going to be an offense-heavy division. Graham now, I know called that you and got mad Graham called me and asked me about There's it. There's a check on him, make sure it helps. Yeah, check. Yeah. a wellness check. <laughs> but but I just like you there's nothing there like when we're talking about what does next year's number mean or what is it next year's number going to be at from the sports books there's not really a number like what's the craziest number you can throw out there and is it unattainable by Connor McDavid right now I just don't think so and I think so I well, think like, so 200 I, I guess is, I'll tell you I'll I, bet the under if he goes 200 if the books say 200 I'm going the end yeah that's where I draw the line <laughs> like what are we talking about? What are we so, talking okay, about? So, no, I, so let's I, say, let's I only say the number say, is one fifty. Is it I crazy? Two, no, one fifty is not crazy. He's, he's doing it right now. But he's not. So remembering that he's not playing the Ottawa Senators, the Calgary yeah. Flames, the Vancouver Canucks five ten times. Okay, but he gets LA five. He gets Anaheim five. He's gonna get you know Arizona five. Like it's. it's but I think that the difference there is, difference. is that he's not. He's not exactly. He's not seeing the same goalies the nine and ten times. He's going to see different goalies it's, from different. Teams it's easier for defense. It's easier to be to be to play defense, uh. especially after a time. Yeah, maybe. That's why. That's why the winch. You, you can build your. You can build your system on defensively. You can't build it to offense. Yeah, but McDavid's also so special. I think if you give him enough chances, like he'll rip it right. I don't know. I like how we said we were going to keep this pod like really short, 20, 30 minutes, just about the playoffs. <laughs> We've gone like twenty minutes anything. about McDavid. I didn't say, I didn't say anything because I knew damn well we can go off off for a little while on anything. Okay. Well, here's so here's the the highest number since 1995 is 127 for Yager in 99. We say he probably eclipses that next year, right? Sure. Then well, you're yeah, looking, I mean, you need then there's, you're there's, there's variables. You need a lot of luck to get there. Yeah, and then you're talking like then you're talking in the Gretzky and Lemieux range of 160 mm-hmm. to 199, 200. That's well, why you I know said, what I just thought about. That's why you know what I, I just 200. thought about. If Connor gets into that fucking rage at any point in his career, we can then have the hypothetical conversation of, could you imagine what it would be like if Connor McDavid played in the eighties, because the points totals would be roughly the same and there would be more apples to apples. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden you could have an argument, but all oh, Connor would score 400 fucking points in 1983. I'll tell you that Oof. much, but I'll tell you, it is a fun argument to have. It is a fun argument to have. And I'm very look, very much looking forward to seeing, first of all, what the sports books do, mm-hmm. because it's going to be they're throwing darts at a board. They really I want to see. I want to see what he does. I want to see what he when he straps up 82 times next year. I want to see what happens then. Especially well, is he going to get is he going to get weighed down by that by the uh, Stanley Cup ring? I'm just going to take a and, and soak that and in. His yeah, cons, my, <laughs> and his cons, my and his he's not he's not a, he's, and, he's not worried about his own individuals. Yeah. No, I know, but you got to put him somewhere, you know, and he might as well just drop him onto his back. No, you put those in the dresser somewhere. You know he's going to keep that ring on him. Speaking of rings, he's going to want to insure it when he gets it. So maybe he can our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. They can probably offer him an excellent rate on insuring a Stanley Cup ring. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton, and they provide you with all of your insurance needs, whether that's your house, your car, your person, whatever you need. And if you're a citizen of the nation, go to cornerstoneins.ca forward slash about. And there's a handy little link there for citizens of the nation. Moving on, because we can talk about Connor all day. Rick mentioned some of the secondary pieces. So let's talk about some of the secondary pieces that are not only important, 
but that are actually playing very, very well heading into the playoffs. I'm going to start with my boy. It's very on brand for me last night. Ryan Nugent Hopkins last night was probably one of the best games he's played all season. And it was only, and it was almost bad luck that he only finished with an assist because he had plenty of chances, by the way, over two and a half shots for Nugent Hopkins is fucking easy money this year. Um, So I got that one last night. And I just think that if he's starting to play better and starting to look more like the Nugent Hopkins of last year, that is a massive addition into the playoffs that the Oilers desperately need. Looking ahead at anybody else, who you guys liking? Who let's let's revisit the conversation from a couple of weeks ago. Who is a big piece of this going into the playoffs that either A needs to keep it get it going, is going or anything in between. Tyler, who are you looking at? Uh, I'm going to go Kyler Yamamoto. I think uh, today I was floated the question, you know, the classic, who could be this year's Pisani, right? And I I think it's actually Kyler Yamamoto in a weird way. Like he's struggling right now. He's going to get top six minutes. He's going to be out there in some big moments. He's getting chances. He's getting breakaways, two-on-ones. He's getting looks in the slot. He's just not burying. If he can be a guy who goes from shooting like 1%, which he is right now, to going on a bit of a heater where you're shooting like 18% in the playoffs, all of a sudden that's a guy who is probably scoring some pretty big goals for you. So I'll say Kyler Yamamoto. I love that pick too. Dan, who are you thinking? Well, he had, as Tyler mentioned in State of the Nation earlier this afternoon, his best game of the uh, of the last little bit and his only game of the last little bit. But I was really excited to see what I saw from Tyler Ennis. There was a little bit of jump in his step and a little bit of pep in his uh, in his play that, has me excited that he might play a role here as again, we talked about on state of the nation, that versatility that this team has so direly needed over the years to be able to kind of change your matchups and change your perspective. If you are having some struggles with, you know, dry and McDavid together, and it's not necessarily clicking how you expect it to be. You can slide those guys in and out of the lineup and move them around to make stuff happen. So yeah, I, Tyler Ennis is a guy that I identify, but really that bottom six, you know, you, you want to see the guys like Ryan McLeod coming in and not looking like they are out of place at all. That's exciting for me. The versatility is super exciting for me. And uh, yeah, so for me, it's, it's a guy like Tyler Ennis. Uh, before I get into Rick here on, on his answer, why do you guys think Tyler Ennis isn't playing? Because I, I, I gotta say, I don't really get it. Yeah. Just the wrong position. I think, yeah, he's he's a bottom six guy on this team, clearly. And Dave Tippett always goes more towards defensive, hard-nosed players in his bottom six than an offensively gifted guy. I, I want to see more Ennis, though, I'll be honest. Do you, Do you think, think that having but with McLeod playing center now there, I think that may tip the scales towards a little more of the um, offensive, and therefore Ennis may get more opportunity now. Yeah, I think a guy like McLeod is, is a guy that, that – is definitely young. And so he's going to shade to play defensively because he knows that that's how you stay in a lineup. And that's not his game style. His game style to be be his best is offensive. What I'm saying is he's going to bring a little more offense. And when you have an offense, when you have a centerman in that spot who you feel confident in playing that offensive ability, you kind of put out an extra offensive player with them. And that's why Ennis is going to get the spots over top of say, if you went a more defensive, you're going to go more little blue collar there in that spot to round out your line. For me, I like that, and I like that McLeod has that ability or has that desire to to play the defensive style because then you can bring in a Tyler Ennis and not feel like you're then all of a sudden having two guys playing north south all the time, and you've got a guy in McLeod that can cover up for some of Ennis's you know deficiencies in the defensive zone. So I, I I think we're kind of agreeing in the same way. It's just a different a different perspective, but yeah, I I, I think that 
a guy like McLeod unlocks a player like Ennis to come in and be able to pot in a couple of shots, a couple goals in uh, in a playoff series, and and those could be huge goals going forward. My question for you guys again, I'm going to get to Rick here in a second. Is Dominic Cahoon that much better than Tyler Ennis? Though I don't think so. So I, think I guess that's my question: is I guess why is Cahoon seems to get more leash? And for me, I guess I don't really understand why. And I mean, I know I say that as he just scored a beauty goal last night, so it seems odd to bring up it in terms of timing, but like, I find that interesting. I think they just have him sort of, sort of kind of penciled in as a, as a higher player than Ennis. And it's just that simple. I think that's it too. Yeah. It's going to be, mean, you, there's not, there's not that much you could talk about. They don't really like to shift around a lot of players. They don't like to take your top six guys and put them back on your fourth line. You know, it's sometimes it's easier to take slip one out, slip one in. So I, yeah, I think they just have him kind of penciled in as a better player. It'll be interesting to see how Dave Tippett kind of handles his line combos as we move down the stretch here with, you know, we're essentially in just lock up second. It's that third line. That's going to be interesting to see what he does with it though. Like how, where, where do you, cause you know, the tops, you know, the top six, Okay, in whatever order you want to name them, with with Cahoon and Nuge, Leon Connor, Yam Puliarvi, they're all going to be there. Mm-hmm. Your fourth line is most likely going to be Jujar with Neil and Chase on to start game one. If it doesn't work, you know you can alter things after that. But it's most likely your starter on game one. So it's that third line that's going to be interesting. It's going to be McLeod, and it's going to be Archibald, and then is it Shore? Probably not. Where, where's Cass fit in when he comes back, you know? If he's ready. If he's ready. And I was thinking about the last night. I don't know where Cass fits in right now. I do want to walk back a prediction from a couple weeks ago where I said Kyle Turris was going to start the playoffs. He's not. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and McLeod has absolutely played himself into a playoff roster position, I believe, with this team. Yeah, Kyle yeah. Turris is going to be, like, picking up towels and shit for the boys. He's going to be a good teammate. He's going to be going to get French fries for the boys. Uh, Rick, I want to just get your answer quickly important secondary piece that you're looking at i know he plays on the first line but uh, what he does out there uh what he's added to to that line and to the team this season what we haven't had in a long time uh pooley and just what he can do uh, around the puck his body size you know he gets into the corner if he wants he just sticks his ass out and you bounce off right like what he can do in turning the puck over giving connor and leon two or three extra tries in the offensive zone that normally wouldn't, be, wouldn't have been there because the defenseman would have got the puck out. Um, I just think he really, and he also helps you uh, separate Connor and Leon. If you want, we've seen what him and what him and Connor can do on their own. And if you do want to split them up because you're going against Montreal and you want to kind of split up their, their defense a bit. Uh, I think they're confident in doing that whole dry line. And then whoever your left winger is along with uh, Connor and Pugliarvi. So 13 is a, uh, he needs to keep playing the way he is and maybe get a little bit more on the point side of things. The thing I like about Pugliarvi is I tweeted this last night is he's very much learning how to play with Connor. Whereas he just knows where he's got to go. He knows what his job is. Connor's going to do the bulk of the work, but motherfucker, you better be ready when that puck comes to you. And he has been last night. He's there. He was ready. A pass from Connor. Like we talked about his vision earlier. 99% 99% of the players in the NHL are probably going to shoot that puck from where Connor passed it, Pooley RV, and all of a sudden he had a wide open net for a one-timer. Yeah. It was the same thing with Bears goal the other night. The exact, exact same. And uh, he could have got a and he could have got secondary assists if it was, the guy was the stack guy was nice on that second one last night. 
on the turnover. And then a couple nights ago with the hit, um, to talk, I think we were playing Montreal when he knocked him off the puck inside our own blue line, the puck turned around. Like he's doing a lot of little things out there like that. It's Pooley Arby's running sneaky picks out there and he's not getting caught for it. And I like it. I really like it. <laughs> Man, if they're just like, whoopsie daisies. I don't know what he, happened. Dude, it's... when he ran over Gio, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put more of that on his ass last night. And I was yes, just, I jumped up. I was excited. Like that is the stuff that you need from a guy like him. Well, the thing about Jesse Pooley Arby too, just really quickly before we move on to some playoff memories here, boys, is the kid is 22 years old. He turns 23 in three days and he is gigantic. There, there's a very real, probably 100% probability that he is going to get bigger in terms of just his mass. And he, when that happens, good fucking luck moving him. Good luck, because he's a gigantic human being. I was talking to a friend of the nation, friend of everyone, Reed Wilkins, the other day, and he's just like, I don't think people, because they're not around the rink that is, understand how big Pooley is right now. It's just, just in real life. The stature has always been there, but he was kind of gangly and long, and now he's growing into that gigantic frame of his, and he is going to be an immovable force. I am very, very much looking forward to Jesse Pooley-Arby's progression here. Under contract for one more year at like $1.1 million? Steal. Ken Shout Holland. out to Uncle Ken. Oh. Sign him. Sign him. Anybody who suggests that Ken Holland didn't play his cards perfectly in this situation yeah. is... Uh, you need to reevaluate your life, my friends. I'm telling you, because Uncle Ken waited that situation out. Just imagine an alternate universe where fucking Pistol Pete's still around and flipped him when he went back to Finland for a fourth round pick or some <laughs> dumb shit like that. It makes me angry just thinking about it. All right, we're going to move on. Playoff memories. So last night, clinch miss, obviously a big day, but the work just started as Josh Park put in his hilarious meme video that he put for Clinchmas last night. So just to give you some behind the scenes on that video, if you haven't seen it, Oilers Nation, all our socials dot Josh Park's Clinchmas video. In the morning, I said, I know this is last minute, but it could be Clinchmas. Can you put together a video with dancing Santas and Oilers highlights? And he spat out what he did. And that kid is just, I like when he takes my dumb ideas and he turns them into something wonderful. So shout out to Josh Park. Playoff memories, boys. Playoff memories. Rick, we're the older ones. Well, I guess, Dan, you're in the mix, too. We're the older ones on this here crew. Baby Tyler was only around, you know, he probably remembers some things from 2006, but not yeah. a whole lot. Where are you, where, when I say playoff memories, Rick, what's the very first thing that comes back to you? The very first thing that comes back to me is 1990 when there's about three seconds left in the game. Bill Ramford goes behind the net. He circles off on his right-hand side, and he goes, but I don't remember the defense who had the puck behind the net, but Ranford scoops the puck off, off his stick, as the clock's counting down to zero, to, uh, to lift the puck, keep the puck, whatever, and they start celebrating. I legit remember that as a kid. I can't say I remember anything, uh, any, uh, any of the other cups. I've seen them all a billion times on TV, but I legit remember Ranford going back behind the net, scooping up the puck before lifting his arms up and everybody spilling on the ice against Boston. Um, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's our last cup. That's, you know, there's all sorts of ones in the nineties with, with, with goaltending um, going to the games. And I think they let us in two and a half hours early or something like that. And these guys were in like the pre pregame warmups and there's 5,000 people in the stands, mostly behind Dallas net. 
chanting bell for it. Like the game's like a seven o'clock start. It's like three 45, four o'clock. And there's 5,000 people chanting, but like he couldn't get away from it. He would, you knew it and it affected him too. He would slide. He'd be in that crouch position and he had tuck himself under the crossbar into the net. As you can see, he's trying to like, like it was being in these buildings, like you, the, your hair stood up on your arms. You could feel the noise. Like it was, I, I, I don't know even how to explain it, but it was, it, there's something I can't wait for everybody to experience because these are some of the, they're some of the best memories you'll ever have about sports. We're going to get a more recent one from you also. Uh, but Dan, first thing you think of when I say playoff memories. Well, I had one and I have one for more recent, but uh, for me, I just, I, as a kid that grew up going to Catholic school, I was taught not to, not to pray about anything when it comes to sports, but I remember before game seven, obviously your teacher wasn't a better, you know, in 1997. (laughs) And I remember bowing and kneeling before my coach and giving a, a prayer to the gods as we went into overtime against the Dallas stars, you know, this Edmonton Oilers team that I grew up loving, not really being able to do anything in the 1990s worth mentioning uh, until they played the Dallas stars in game seven. And man, just that, that save from Cujo that gets cut from the highlight reels, which is just garbage anyways, but, but he's, he made the save that, that then opened it up for weight to find Marchant and Marchant skates in and puts it past the, uh, I think it was Moog. Andy Moog. Right? Andy yeah, Moog. Moog. Everybody, I, my brain always Flew wants past to Grant Ledyard also, by the way, if yeah, we want to get some oh, details. Fuck. There you go. Ledyard, and, and, Ledyard still hasn't got up yet. No. So for the so for for a guy that's watched my team just get absolutely dusted all the time, you go into Dallas. The fans stood up for three periods of extra time, and then they got to go home sad. That was absolutely glorious. You know, you you're you're always taught to cheer for the underdog, and and it never really worked out for us back then. Uh, but but it was something special to behold. And that really was our Stanley cup that year. We didn't, we weren't expected to do anything after that, but we upset the Dallas stars in game seven, triple, triple overtime. No, double. just single over double, double overtime. Double overtime. Um, so yeah, good memory for Dan, obviously. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, something special for me. And again, like I said, I have another one, but that was, that's my first ever memory of the playoffs with the Oilers. Dan, you'll also like to know that that day game seven, was the day that my brother and I went and got our N64. And we spent the entire day playing Mario Kart 64 up until the time that the game started. So that was what a, a very, day very good to be day alive for, for you. Yeah. That is a very good day for young bag milk. Tyler, what comes yeah. to mind when I say playoff memories? Um, like I obviously I was like eight years old during 2006. Um, or eight, yeah, I would have been eight. I hadn't turned nine yet. Um, so I have a few <laughs> memories from that year. I remember like, you know, my parents going to the games. Um, I remember in, uh, whatever round that was where the goal was disallowed, right. The net was popped up. I wonder, I remember my dad coming home and telling me about that, like the next day and like what happened. Cause I was confused. Uh, I remember my Detroit. dad. Yeah. And then I remember, I remember my dad taking me to game six against Carolina. I just remember like how loud it was. I remember the streamers falling down. Like this, those are really my first memories as an Oilers fan at all were playoff memories. And then obviously going a long, long time without any more playoff memories. But those are honestly my first memories of like being there for game six when it was just loud as you could imagine. So I got to ask you, I got to ask you a quick follow-up on that. You obviously, if your first memories are 2006 in the cup run, 
Yeah. What was it like being an Oilers fan for the fucking decade that followed? Was it like, was it something we were like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this. Like maybe I'll like the Red Wings or something like that. Yeah. Like it was definitely tough. And like, I think as a kid who's, you know, 12, 13 years old and the Oilers are garbage, you started to like find other teams. Like I was always a big Alex Ovechkin fan, right? So you watch Ovechkin in the playoffs and uh, I, for, it's a story for another day. I became a big Blue Jackets fan. Loved watching the Blue Jackets, even though they were also fucking terrible. Um, so like you kind of found ways like that, but like really being 12, like from the age of eight until whatever, I never knew the Oilers as a winner. So it's almost like I was, I didn't know better, right? It was just, just like, the, the Oilers in front. The Oilers, the Oilers suck. Find a couple of players to jump onto. Yeah, like you cheered well, you for Taylor do. Hall. You were excited for draft lotteries. Like I almost didn't know better than like the team being terrible. Uh, when I think about playoff memories, I'll just jump into 2006. Um, I was lucky enough to go to a lot of those games. I was a sales rep at the time. I was 21 years old, Tyler. Wow. I was a sales rep for a promotional company at the time, and I was lucky enough that one of our clients was the Oilers. So I got to go to a lot of games that year a lot of those playoff games. So I was very, very lucky for me. It's hard not to think about Ryan Smith getting his teeth knocked out, coming back and getting an assist on Horkov's game winner in OT. I remember that night at Rexall place, the fucking building ran out of beer. And that was one of the loudest boos when they did an announcement over the speakers that the stadium was out of beer that I've ever heard. Another one comes in first in the first round that year at game six, Alex Hemsky scored a goal against Detroit and it got reviewed and the review was long. It went on a while and it went through a commercial break. And what happened during the commercial break is when you walked into Rexall, every seat had those silver pom-poms on the, on the chair and everybody had them. And during that commercial break, while they were reviewing the goal, it was exactly like Rick said with the Belfort chant, they were doing a Manny, 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 Manny to Manny legacy. And afterward, like weeks down the line, the off season, somebody asked him about it. And he's just like, how could that not shake you? How could that not rattle you when 17,000 people are saying your name for two straight minutes in just this fucking hex of a thing? Like it was very tribal. It was very like, it was intense to be in there. And that's one of the things that I'll never be able to shake is that Manny chat that went on for about two and a half minutes while a goal was reviewed. And then obviously when, when it became a goal, a good goal, everybody went absolutely bananas in the place. So I want to fast forward now. I'm going to fast forward to the last run, the most recent run, 2017. I'll just jump in. The people are what I most remember. I could talk about the game. I was there when DeHarnay scored in overtime. That was a fucking hell of a game. That was just, I remember the Oilers were down with about, you know, a handful of minutes left in the third period. That was the big cleft bomb. Ting! And then we're talking overtime. And I remember screaming out in the crowd. Oh, by the way, I was hammered. Yeah, this is... is Screaming out in the, the... well, no, that was, so that's another one I could get to. I remember screaming out positive Thursday or whatever it was, like at the time, whatever day it was. I'm like, it's not over. It's fucking positive Thursday. And then when they scored to go to overtime, I became the most popular person in my section because I was hammered screaming positive Thursday. But the thing that Rick mentioned was against San Jose. So we go back to chanting, of- chanting goalies' names in, back in the in the nineties with Belfour. We had a Manny, and so this is this is actually a thing. A lot, especially the ones who've been around for this as long as we have. So yeah, go ahead and, into into seventeen. This was probably one of my most proud moments at the nation. Honestly, 
is if you remember back to that series against San Jose, Martin Jones was a net for the Sharks, and he was allowing a lot of goals through the five hole in the first couple of games. <laughs> so I wrote an article on The Nation saying we need to get a chant going that just is five hole, five hole. So I was at a game with my brother-in-law, and all of a sudden the Oilers scored through the fucking five hole on, on Martin Jones. And then all I hear it coming out Starts of the corner, quiet. just very quietly, a five hole chant starts building through Rogers place. I'm like, Oh my God, Holy <laughs> shit. And then it just starts sweeping around the whole building and everybody starts doing a five hole chant. And I was just like, I'm not going to take credit for this, but I think I might've started this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to say anything, but I think I might've started this. And it was just like, it was one of the coolest fucking moments and just shows what the nation can do when everybody is on the same page. So we're going to talk about some stuff that we want to do on social that I thought Wanya had a really good idea on real life yesterday, but we'll get to that. But that was one of the coolest moments ever. It was starting a five hole chance on the nation, an article that spilled out of my dumb brain turned into a chant <laughs> at Rogers place. And I loved it. 2017, Dan. Yeah, for me, for me, uh, Bag Milk, you and I actually ran into each other in the uh, overtime, the lead up to the overtime in game one. Uh, But for me as a guy that, uh, you know, growing up was never, our family was never really in a place to be able to afford to go to games. And then in 2006, I was in Halifax for for that whole stretch and wasn't ever, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't smart enough. I just assumed that this was going to be a consistent thing with Chris Pronger and Michael Pekka. We were going to be in the playoffs for years to come. Um, So didn't really think much of it. Probably should have just sold everything I had and gone to Carolina to be able to see a game. But so for me having season seats or quarter season seats and being able to be there for game one was just something I'll never forget. And I know we lost the game and that sucks and all that, but, but just being in the building, I was dressed up in my stupid ultimate Oiler outfit with my, with my face makeup that was horrible. And just, it was just, it's so much fun being around Oiler fans in those times and being in this city in those times. And I hope, I hope we get to embrace a little bit of that, like you mentioned with social media and, and the like, and then also just being around the city too. But yeah, for me, it was game one of 2017, being around everybody else, being in that atmosphere, feeling the emotions that you feel when you know, you're up to nothing and the world is looking perfect. And then it ends up losing, you end up losing three to two in overtime. So yeah, it's just a, it's just a, an, an environment thing for me that I hope everybody that's listening to this gets to experience sometime in their life. Another thing, just to tag onto that, Dan, another thing from 2017 to me, that is just far and away a standout outside of being at Rogers place, the playoff parties we threw at the pint were some of the best nights ever. And we did it every two days. And we would bail on Nation HQ at like two in the afternoon, three in the afternoon. We'd roll into the pint. And then all of a sudden there's team pitchers everywhere, giant nachos. And we are just in the mix and partying until, until the night clo- the night ended. And then we were going to do it again two days later. One of the things that I also remember is the Oilers beat the Sharks. And I get a text message. I'm by this point, <laughs> by this point, I am multiple sheets, three, four, five sheets to the wind at this point. I get a text message from my buddy, Reed Wilkins, and he says, hey, man, how drunk are you right now? And I was like, 12 out of 10. And he's like, okay, is there any chance you can come on air right now without swearing? And I said, absolutely. So I wander out the back door of the pint, and I'm standing in the, in the back alley doing a radio hit. And I think I did great. Tyler, you'd appreciate this. If I could ever find the hand again, I'll, I'll send it to you. I think I do great. I was like, I didn't swear. 
I thought I was eloquent. I thought I had good points. And then I listened back to me the next day and it's just like, rah, 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 read, we're going to, and that's all it sounded like. It was just the, one of the most embarrassing fucking things that I've ever done, but I'm glad the Ched listeners got to listen to it. 2017 playoff memories, Tyler, what comes to mind? Uh, yeah, I was at the DeHarnay game with uh, with my dad. I remember going and getting uh, getting a beer right before overtime, and I was I was pretty liquored up too. And I remember when DeHarnay scored. If anyone listens to real life, they know the relationship between me and my father, and how we uh, you know physical contact in my family is not something we do. <laughs> and they score. DeHarnay scores. And I turn up, jumping up and down, and my dad stood up. He was cheering, and I like put my hand on his shoulder. I was like, yeah. And then we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, ooh, that's weird. And then we like went back to just like seeing what was going on on the ice. Um, so I remember the DeHarnay game. I remember uh, game six against Anaheim. I was working still in the promotions department at the radio station. So I had to work at, what were you doing at the time? So are you ready to hear what my job was that day? I had to go put up a bunch of like sticker banners all over the downtown Canadian brew house. And then I had to dress up in the (laughs) 100.3, the bear mascot suit. And I had to walk up and down. What is uh, the mascot? Is it a actual bear? It's just a bear, but it was missing one of the feet. So I just wore my <laughs> shoes and it, did, it didn't have one hand. So I just had a work glove as my other hand. <laughs> and I walked up and down 104th with these promotional beards we were giving away, like high-fiving people and giving them beards to wear at the game, like playoff bear beards um, before the game. And then I remember about 10 minutes until puck drop, I ran inside to whoever was like leading the event. And I was like, I'm fucking out of here. I did my time in the mascot costume. I am hustling home. And I drove home as fast as I could to watch the game with uh, my dad and my brother-in-laws. And like, we were shotgunning beers because dry side was scoring. And like game six was so sick. It was so much fun. Um, so those are my two big memories. I was also lucky enough. I sold out Tyler. You'd like to know this. I sold out for game six against Anaheim. I got <laughs> tickets from StubHub. And uh, I thought it was had, Fitbit. Uh, no, this one was from StubHub. And what I had to do is I had to wear a heart rate monitor. And uh, after an Oilers goal, I had to do after two goals. Uh, didn't matter which side, just two goals. I had to take a picture of my wrist with my heart rate on it and post it. And for that, for that service, I got tickets. I'd never sat in that row right behind the bench before. And yeah, that's where I sat. And those tickets are horrible, by the way. You can't see anything except Todd McClellan's ass when he's right in front of you. <laughs> but uh, that was the game Drysaddle got a hat trick. So I chucked my hat because you got to. Jay, if you're listening, you throw your hat. Yeah, so Jay. that's what I did. And I caught a signed hat from Mark Letestu because he was the second star that game. That was a big game for Bag Milk. I got to take my dad to a playoff game too, and he had the, he had the best time. My dad is one of those people that he'll make friends with anybody around him. He'll talk to literally anyone, which is hilarious because it's the exact opposite of me. And uh, he was making friends <laughs> with fucking ushers. He was reaching over. He was high-fiving the guys as they're coming out of the tunnel. It was the best. It was just like one of the greatest times. <laughs> just like the times you can have when you pick up a bottle of Deuce Vodka from our friend Brett Kissel. Check out deucevodka.com forward slash find us. You will then see a handsome picture of Brett Kissel sitting in the mountains. Very picturesque, I might say. And you will also find a link to Liquor Connect where you can find all the places that Deuce Vodka is sold. I recommend you do it, provided you are legal drinking age or 
You can reach out to sales at deucevodka.com if you don't live in Alberta and they will see what they can do to help you. This 30-minute podcast has turned into an hour podcast, so yep. we're just going to wrap <laughs> it up really, really quickly. Matchup talk. The Jets are about as fucking bad at the worst time of the year as a team can be. Seven straight losses last night. Montreal, they still have the tiebreaker over Montreal, so they're still sitting in third. However, I don't know how long that's going to last for. So, boys, we're looking at the Jets or we're looking at the Habs. We've talked about this a little bit, but now it's coming closer. Yeah. Who are you thinking, who are you feeling, who are you wanting? Does it matter, Dan? I fear no team anymore in the North Division. And so for me, I would honestly rather see us play the Canadians just because I think the Jets could have a better time against the Leafs. Hmm. Uh, Connor Hellebuck can shut down any team any, that he wants except for us. And so I think he could do go in and, and shut down an Austin Matthews-led team. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I want to see the Haps. But I just, I just don't believe the way that this team has been playing. And I think that they're going to continue playing, uh, saying that I don't think that anybody's going to be really sitting that much. Uh, I think that we're going to be operating at a pretty high clip, a higher clip than anybody in our division. And uh, it's on to the second round for us already, in my mind. Tyler, what are you thinking? If you, I like Dan is counting one's chickens, as they say. Yeah, I wouldn't hey, do that. Hey, but... the last time I did this, we all laughed. I'm just saying. <laughs> I guess. I'm just saying. That is true. That is true. He's, he makes a point there. Tyler, I, yeah, Jets, I, Canadians. I, I think right now, like, the Jets are playing so bad that that almost in itself scares me a bit. Like, they can't keep playing this bad forever. They were the most consistent team in the division through the first, like, three months of the season or whatever. And now, all of a sudden, they're shitty and have a bunch of injuries. I'm just like, that reeks of a team who might get hot starting day one of the playoffs. So they worry me, but the Oilers played them so well that they don't worry me. And I do like Dan's point about how I think the Jets might be better suited to beat the Leafs than the Habs, potentially. And the way the Oilers are rolling right now, Montreal doesn't scare me either. So if you're looking at this as... What is the Oilers' best path to get to the Final Four? It's probably Habs first because that gives you a decent chance at Jets second. Uh, but if you're asking me who the best round one matchup is, I think it is going to be the Winnipeg Jets. Their defense is slow and not that good. Their forward group is inconsistent at times, and the Oilers have had Connor Hellebuck's number. Rick, what are you thinking? Matchup. You know what? Kind of like you guys said there, I'm, I'm not overly worried about either team. I think we, we match up well against both. Uh, we've obviously proved what we can do against uh, Winnipeg this year. And I think there's uh, there's still a lot left we can do against uh, uh, Montreal. So hopefully yep. we'll get to see it the next two games coming up here. Um, but if I have to, uh, if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with a little bit of history here. And luckily for you guys, you guys are saying that you think Ottawa or uh, Winnipeg can actually beat Toronto. Therefore there'd be still an Edmonton Winnipeg matchup anyways. However, I would like to deal with them in round one because every single Stanley cup, the Edmonton Oilers have, they went through Winnipeg. At least they went through Winnipeg every year. So let's just get that out of the way. And you know, in order to win the cup, you got to make the playoffs. Check mark one. In order to win the cup, the Oilers they got to beat the Jets. Check mark two. And let's keep going. Just to wrap it up, I am in the officially in. I don't give two thunderous fucks who they play. I don't care. I just think that last night clinch miss is done. Step one done. But like Josh Park put in the movie, there's still plenty of work to be done. It's the Kobe 16 game. more wins, 16 W's, 16 wins. And it doesn't matter how you get them. You got to get them regardless. So Montreal, fine. Winnipeg, fine. I don't care because I think that 
the Oilers are starting to play at a level where they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be dangerous. Connor and Leon are looking ridiculous good. Mike Smith is giving me all kinds of rolly vibes right now, and it's just... I don't think any team wants to play the Oilers. I just don't. So I don't care. I don't care. Bring on Winnipeg, bring on Montreal, because you got to run through them all anyway. And that's maybe a cop-up. But if I'm going to, you know what? I'll pick a team. I'll say Winnipeg. Fuck Winnipeg. Mitzi's is great. Go for for the chicken wings or chicken tendies. Go for the tendies. And then you got to roll. So I'm going to say Winnipeg just to give an answer. But at at the end of the day, I don't care. It all that matters is what Rick said. He's 16 minutes. Hey, if we're not allowed in the building, where are we supposed to throw our stakes? <laughs> hmm, yeah, at the good. windows. Yeah, at your window. No. Well, that's a that's something at the that windows I of the arena. <laughs> yeah, just go right, maybe slap we can them on the Hall of Honor or whatever. It's <laughs> uh, I just want to end off. We're going to wrap this up, Tyler. Yep. I just want to touch on what Wanye talked about yesterday on Real Life Podcast. We were kind of talking about we we're spitballing of what people can do since we're not allowed to get together. So Wanya had the idea of, we want to know what your game day routine is. Do you have any superstitions? I, in 2017, wore the same Decade of Darkness hoodie to every single game, every single party at the pint. I wore the same hoodie. There were times when it was mighty sweaty in there, I'll tell you. <laughs> but you know what you do? You roll up the sleeves and you deal with it because that's what an older <laughs> fan does. So for me, it was wearing that same hoodie. I want to know you, the listener, if you've got any superstitions that you're running with, and I want you to hit us up at ON Radio Podcast, ON Radio Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, slide into the DMs, hit us up with an at, whatever. I want to know your specific game day routine. Boys, anybody here have a superstition that you're going to kind of roll into? Tyler's already growing the moat. You can't really see it, but it's there. If you get really close. So wait, are we going to green light? We're green lighting beards now, no? Yeah. You got to. You got to. There we go. So if, you're yep. if you guy, got Rick's beard rubbed up against his mic now, giddy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, it, it might be an issue in three weeks here, team. Got to get you a pair of AirPods or like a standalone <laughs> mic or something here. <laughs> something like that. We'll look Dan, into it Rick, here. Tyler, anybody got a, uh, got a superstition or a game day tradition that you're going to bring with you into the playoffs? I'm going to come up with something for sure. Yeah. I think uh, I might throw the car flag on uh, on my car here. I, I might get like one specific type of beer. Maybe I drink on game days. Uh, I don't nation know. Beer. I, nation beer. Yeah. Yeah. Mix in the nation beers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. Juice vodka. I, I am. Yeah, open, vodka also. I am open to like a new maybe thing. And I've been trying to get this off the ground. Like I want some suggestions. What are some things we could do as like a nation as like, yes. I want it to be like our locking in for game time. Like before the game or a couple hours before the game, you post something that is you doing something that is like, I'm ready to go. Let's give her. I want that. Rick. Yeah. Like Rick's been Brad's really good. At, yeah. Go ahead. Brad Stepenko does the Neon Nation bomb anytime yep. that Leon scores. So that's just his routine. He'll do a shot of Deuce Vodka and a Nation beer, and he fucking hammers it back like a champion. If you've got something that you're rolling into the playoffs with, we want to know what it is. Hit us up, ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry, Dan, I cut you off. That's okay. Rick is our is our resident trip guy with his one before ten or ten before one. Yes, yes. Rule. Yes. But so Rick, I'm I'm challenging you to come up with something that is a little bit more inclusive to our younger viewers and <laughs> listeners. But uh, <laughs> but but I, I think you can you can come up with something special for us. Putting all the pressure uh, on you, Rick. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll come up with something. I'm gonna I'm gonna Atta stick boy. to my normal uh we'll let the facial hair go here for a little bit and uh and see what goes here. 
I think, again, you know, it's short enough right now. So I think it's, it's fine to say it's, we're starting from here. Buddy, when I met you, your beard was ridiculous. That seems like oh, a long time ago now, but that yeah, was it's probably, well, that probably goes back to like 12 or something like that too, though. Yep. Like 11 or something. Well, that's a long time ago. Yep. Yeah. Some we got our, here. we got, we got a couple of different pairs of Oilers shoes to choose from here. Ah. Uh, we'll toss up and down. Maybe game one will be the, uh, we'll break, break out the onesie. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of up. options. If you've got a, like, again, if you've got a game day routine, I want to know about it. If you wear the same Jersey, you know, I'm rocking the new Jersey on game days. You know, I am. If you got a Jersey, you're going to wear, maybe it's a Yanni Ninema, you know, you got it when you were a kid and that's the Jersey you got. Maybe it's a George LaRock. At Coombe. Maybe it's a Coombe Jersey. <laughs> I want to know what you're doing. Maybe you put on your shoe left first, then right. Maybe you eat cereal at 4 p.m. every day. I don't care what it is. I just want to know. If you got a pro game stars? day routine. Oh, it's got it's always, always pro stars. If you got a game day routine, a game day superstition, again, hit us up. ON Radio Podcast. We want to know about it. We'll read them on Friday because this is a special Clinchmas edition. We were supposed to go 30 minutes an hour over an hour. So we're going to wrap this up. We are going to wrap this up. Another game against Vancouver tonight. Another one on Thursday. Another one on Saturday. We're approaching the mixed century. Maybe he gets it this week. I don't know. Maybe he gets it tonight. Maybe he gets it tonight. He breaks Daryl Sittler's record. He puts up 31 points. Might as well. It'll be a hell of a game. We'll give him a day off the next game if he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, Connor? You put up 31 points tonight. You take Saturday off, buddy. Thursday off. Whatever. From our friends at Sherwood for the Giants and skip the dishes and Cornerstone Insurance and Deuce Vodka, thank you for being here on Oilers Nation Radio. Thank you for the, joining us for the Clinchmas episode. Thank you to Tyler for giving us more than 26 minutes. And thank you to all of you for welcoming us into your ear holes. For all the boys on Bag Milk, enjoy the game tonight. Merry Clinchmas. The work is just getting started. Shout out, Damien. Best wish. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.